This podcast features discussions about finances and money, which are general in nature. For personal advice specific to your circumstances, see a licensed financial planner or relevant qualified professional. Hi, folks. Welcome along to another episode of Looking Under the Hood. I'm Scott Malcolm, and we're here unpacking the money stuff. Now, Bitcoin, crypto, digital innovation, Web 3.0, pretty hot topics these days. And all you really have to do is jump onto Twitter or maybe a random Reddit feed and you could go down a whole rabbit hole of information, trading strategies, things that you could be doing or investing in. And so today I'm joined by Heath Benke, founder and managing director of Holland Global Investments. And we're going to unpack what crypto is. Can we ignore it? What do we need to be thinking about when it comes to future and digital innovation, data, and our investment approaches? So welcome along, Heath. Great to have you here today. Yeah, thanks. Pleasure to be on the podcast, Scott. Well, look, Heath, I'm asking all my guests a question about an early, happy or joyous money memory. So have you got a, an early money memory or happy money memory that you're happy to share with us? Yeah, I, I actually do. I I remember I grew up in South Australia in a place called Selix Beach and sort of farming country. And I remember first time I ever earned money, actually, Scott, when I, was, I must have been, uh, I think I was six years of age. I spent a couple of hours picking strawberries for the Italian neighbour and he handed me $5. This is back in the 80s. And that was a truckload of money to a young six-year-old. So uh, that was my first experience of earning some money and then going home and putting it in the pee bank. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I bet it would have been one of those paper notes as well, Heath. It was. It was one of the old paper $5 notes. Probably should have framed it (laughs) today. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's probably worth a bit more these days. Do you remember what you did with the money? Did you save for something uh, special or was it just into the piggy bank? Yeah, just went into the piggy. I think eventually went into the Commonwealth Bank account that I had, you know, the old Dolomite accounts, whatever they had back then. So, uh, yeah, we put the money away. Hey, I've got you here today to talk about the crypto thing. And so what's crypto all about? And so how does that work? I suppose the way to think about it, Scott, is uh, is just think about the evolution of the internet. There's like uh, three phases. If you're a technologist, if you're looking at the internet through a technologist's eyes, and if you think about the first phase, it was like Web 1.0, which was back in the days where we had websites started popping up and you realise, wow, this is back around the tech wreck, around 2000. And knowing that, hang on, realising that the internet was going to have an impact, we could see that business was potentially going to change from that. Of course, everybody got excited about it back in 2000, you know, the big run-up, particularly in the NASDAQ, and then the, the drop-off afterwards. And then you've gone through a phase in the last, you know, since that 2000 period, 2010 to 2020, you've moved in what, into what they call Web 2.0, Scott, where essentially you can think of it like read-write platforms, a bit like the platform we're using today in many ways, interacting with. And many people will be familiar with those names that are facilitating that, like whether it be Facebook or Google, Microsoft, Apple, et cetera. Those companies are the largest companies in the world by a long way. What Web 2.0 is like the what you call the internet of communication in many ways, uh, when you think about that, allowing us to interact, do business and conduct our personal lives in a, just a far more seamless way and connecting people globally. And you can see why those companies are so large in terms of the sense that you can roll out 
offerings to you know, 7.6 billion people on the globe, potentially. And look, so we've got a big focus on our group with Holon's whole focus is solving for accelerating innovation. And, and we've got very big investments. The main investments in our portfolio are in those types of companies uh, because the economics of those businesses are, are, are just superb. They're the best economics in the world, providing the essential digital infrastructure, which post-COVID has just become more uh, valuable, which everybody can see. However, the next evolution that's coming is Web 3.0. In Web 2.0, where you essentially have a platform we can read and write, uh, interact with, now through infrastructure that is essentially coded into the infrastructure through software, you can actually run the infrastructure autonomously in many ways. A good example here with Bitcoin, which everybody's probably more familiar with, Scott, is that suddenly we can run money globally without actually having any intermediary. The next technology platform is being fueled by crypto, and that's Web 3.0. And I'll give you an example. One of the big issues that we're all aware of today in those platforms, siloed as they are, they capture your data and it's creating data issues. We're all aware that we are getting monetized. So Web 3.0 is also looking to solve that, where data becomes self-sovereign where it becomes user-focused. You really need to be over Web3 because it's really a technology platform that, in many ways, some of the value propositions here are vastly superior to Web2, and it's just the next evolution. So in many ways, what's happened, Scott, Web2, we've learned to digitise, and we know what that's like and the benefits of that, and we see that in the front end. Web3 is going to take the benefits of Web2 but basically provide better value propositions and incentive alignment with outcomes that we deem you know, to be more socially better for society. That's why it's so critical, we think, to be over this because if you look at equity portfolios today, they're all dominated by these very large company, Scott. So if you don't have a viewpoint here, you're basically, to me, like you don't really understand where it heads next. So when I see traditional investment managers poo-pooing crypto, I'm like going, you don't understand what the risk you're running with your current portfolio. When you look into this space, you start to realise, wow, I've got to be here. And it's a bit like the way to think about it is over the course of my career, and I came into the markets around 2000, if there was one mistake I made is I should have paid more attention to the internet and web 2.0, right? I just should have paid more attention to it. And that's what the really the moral is that the really is be here, be aware of what's going on, study it and understand it. And what you when you come out of this, so you realize, yeah, hang on, there is a big community movement this way because the value propositions are more aligned with society. That's what's really happening and underpinning that. That's what's quite exciting about. It. That's why a lot of people in crypto get quite excited about what they're doing. People forget, you know, there's 2,300 listed companies on the ASX, but the reality is 300 make money and only 200 really make money consistently. And same thing in the crypto sphere, there's like thousands, there's like 11,000 or so of them of these listed cryptos, but the you've got to know what you're doing, you've got to be do your homework, et cetera, just as you would do in generally investing in any business uh, and understanding that. Yeah, and, and Heath, is it fair to say, so again, crypto being a store, so again, money, money is purely just that store of value that we use on a daily basis and we've got that agreement to say, yep, as human beings, we trade in this thing. So will it become the standard, so to speak? So I mean, I hear rumour that central banks are playing around with digitalising the digital AUD and the digital USD that the Fed Reserve are doing. 
How does that sort of evolve from, from where we are today to them being the sort of standard? And, and will we all be using Bitcoin in the future, I guess? Yeah, no, looks good question, Scott. I think the two things you can see post-COVID very clearly, we're going online. So we're having to resolve that, of course, for health and security reasons. We've had to spend an inordinate amount of money around that. And then that's led to, of course, central banks, particularly like the Fed, printing a lot of money. And the thing about that monetary model is I started to question this, you know, ever since 2008 and more and more. It's not like we've ever reverted back to the old system post really having to deal with the global financial crisis. And what's happening is that money is looking like it's been very highly manipulated. Markets looks like they're being socialised. You know, for instance, most people say there's no interest rates, right? And that's probably when you look at your bank account, you don't get paid interest anymore. And I was taught when I was at uni that there was a risk-free rate. That doesn't exist anymore. So what we're finding is there's, for the first time in history since really, and this is the thing that was very clear to me about Bitcoin, is there is a sound money proposition like gold, but it actually solves access, which is the problem with gold. That's the thing you can see. There's actually a system being built around this. And I know because we've actually invested in a bank out of Wyoming, a full, fully-fledged bank, which is custing Bitcoin, right? So that tells you, Scott, there's a probability over time that we could shift here. However, I would say, look, my brother, who's my co-founder, is a bit of a philosopher. And when I described to him, Luke, I said, look, I think we're going to have two parallel financial systems. One's going to be local and analog and tethered to the local laws. And then you've got going to have this global digital financial system. And that's what we see evolving. So we see they're going to be working in parallel, Scott, and then people are going to be able to contrast the two systems over the next 20, 30, 40 years and decide where they want to actually hold their money. I guess if you do get caught up on the crypto train on Twitter or or Reddit or elsewhere, it's it's sort of people who are on opposing views of the world and going, oh, it's crypto or all crypto or nothing. Or Yeah, I look, I find sometimes with the younger ones, you do need people governing because you look out, you walk out your door, you've got roads, you've got schools, you've got all these things. And as a society, we want to punch in for the betterment and further and build a better world for our kids, right? So I, I can't. From that perspective, I think over time, people will recognise the benefits of actually having a sound money. And look, there is an argument to be mounted to, Scott, I could mount a very strong argument that central banks, the way it's set up, is really disadvantaging a lot of people. And you, you can think of a system that flips around where your cash maintains its purchasing power, then everybody benefits from that because everybody holds cash as a starting point. So it's going going to be one of those fascinating evolutions. But the main thing about what you can see, there is now an alternative that didn't exist before 2009. And that was the, the major breakthrough of Bitcoin is really showing that you could run an autonomous monetary system. And then what Bitcoin's doing for money, then people are looking at applying it to a whole range of different potential services by this Web3 conversation so, so powerful and why you need to be there because you can see how some of these things could be quite game-changing. What sort of other roles or other opportunities do you see? What's your take on the, the sort of landscape over the next little while when it comes to crypto and that sort of investment? Look, look from our perspective, when we talk to people, Scott, the first point of call is just start studying and educating 
protecting yourself on Bitcoin and to keep an open mind about it, even to buy some, start using it. And then you'll start to realize because it's like in our business, where I've got a traditional business or involved in traditional banking, and then I've got an innovation arm that's involved in the, the digital financial system. I can tell you which one's a lot easier to use. It's chalk and cheese in how they actually operate. So I think that's like the first point I'd say that. And then look, we're also involved in a governance solution around data. We, we work with the Filecoin network, which is providing storage. Uh, we put storage on the network and we earn the Filecoin cryptocurrency for providing storage on the network under a solution that solves those data issues that are Web2 today. There's big groundswell support for that for developers and others to business to work with that, a solution where they know they're in control of the data, which is a very important conversation today. So I think those two are quite a good starting point. So big point because the obvious because it's just so topical. Uh, there's a lot of very traditional financial institutions now getting involved, not, not in Australia. There's us and there's a few other smaller players here, but not not the mainstream. But offshore, there's a lot of much bigger players getting involved, particularly out of the US on that side. And I think that's just starting there and keeping an open mind about it because it's kind of very clear to me there's like you should be off zero when it comes to Bitcoin for many reasons, but you should just start to study it because then you'll start to work out a lot of the things that are going on with the financial system. I like what you said before around just starting the experiential process around it. And look, I have gone in and jumped in and bought a few different cryptos. Um, There's so much information out there in the market as well on that front. We do try and keep these episodes short and sweet. So what's your view in the way that you are managing client money at the moment at a fund level. So what allocations are you making to Bitcoin or to crypto or or to Web 3.0 at this stage in regards to the rest of the sort of more traditional portfolio, if we can call it that? Yeah, no, good question, Scott. The whole on Photon Fund, which you can see is a lot of transparency through the website. Um, We have a 10% uh, allocation to Web3, which is 70% of that is Bitcoin through uh, a listed company called MicroStrategy. And then we've whole Coinbase as really the other exposure, which is a major, it's like the leading exchange, which just actually listed. And around 45% of the portfolios, those very, very large companies we touched on at the start, Scott, who are really providing that essential infrastructure. So the biggest issue that we do have is we feel like we're, we're outrunning the Fed. We're trying to outrun. <laughs> and when I say that, that really means that the problem is that everything's going up. Everybody feels like they're getting rich, but the problem is... Yeah, I've got the sneaking suspicion that when you print 25% more US dollars <laughs> in a year and that filters into the system, that, that just has that impact on asset classes. When you adjust for that in asset inflation, which is being generated by central banks, that's the underlying thing. So that's the problem as we move forward. And, and look, a lot of people say, oh, the markets are highly valued or residential property or wherever you look, but that's because of what's happened with the interest rate environment and the money printing. So that's probably the biggest challenge for investors. They've got a very low return environment. But what it also means, Scott, this is the key takeaway for me, is that what looked safe is becoming risky and what it looks potentially you think could be risky is probably becoming safer. And that's because when you put the public balance sheet on the line, like what's happened, that underpins a lot of things. So suddenly, typical asset classes that look more defensive don't become are not defensive. And this is probably the challenge that they're going to have over the years ahead, where you're gravitating for certainty, but in that process, you're going to find yourself in a poor retirement if you do that without embracing some level of volatility and take a longer-term perspective. We think that's going to be very, very important. 
in terms of asset allocation, people need to start rethinking the traditional approach because of the environment that's been created by central banks. And that's probably the biggest challenge. And we're hearing that more and more. We're seeing that conversation, particularly out of the United States today, but same thing in Australia. That's the, the hard thing is that you need to embrace a little bit of volatility to make sure you put yourself into a good retirement. Um, because if you don't, you'll end up in a very poor retirement as a result of some of the intervention that's going on in markets by central banks. Yeah, definitely, Heath. And, and that's some uh, some good insights there. And look, I've really appreciated the conversation and we could possibly talk about this for, for many hours, but we do try and keep these episodes short and sweet. So thanks so much for coming along, Heath. I'll put the contact details uh, and a few links to some of your resources uh, in the show notes. And um, yeah, look forward to chatting to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Scott. Thanks, folks, for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that episode. Uh, again, there's a bit in there when it comes to the crypto stuff, but I guess as Heath said, it's definitely not something that we can ignore. So it's about upskilling and even dipping your toe in the water a bit and starting that experiential journey around your money. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate us and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts.